Thank you, Catherine um, Johnson, for being a guest today on The Indian Caregiver. I appreciate you um, being a guest for this episode and giving us some valuable insight into um, what you do. Thank you, Usha. I am excited to be here. That's great. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to my podcast, The Indian Caregiver. This is Usha Tiwari, and I am The Indian Caregiver. The goal of this podcast is to not only to create an awareness for the Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and caregiving, but also empower caregivers with knowledge in hopes of helping them through their journey. Today, I want to start this month, March, by celebrating and honoring women since it's Women's History Month. On this episode, I am excited to have Katherine Johnson. I met Katherine. Catherine um, late last year virtually, and I believe it was via LinkedIn that someone had liked one of your posts or shared it regarding a webinar you were having, and the webinar piqued my interest, and I remember signing up for it, and unfortunately, something came up, and I was unable to participate, but I do remember emailing you about it, and what I liked about Catherine was that she was very prompt with her communication, and I liked, um, she communicated well, and her content was really good and very useful, so that's the reason um, why we kind of, I, I've been in touch with Catherine, and it also happens that we are both enrolled in the Thought Leadership Academy, um, that is a virtual academy attracting women um, from all over the U.S., um, where we focus on um, speaking, speaking our brand, um, speaking opportunities, um, and um, growing businesses. But most importantly, we've um, become a strong support system and hope to continue that. Um, you know, once the program is over this this week. So I, um, as a caregiver, I really believe that it's very important to support one another. And um, I really appreciate Catherine coming on today to support this podcast, to share her inspirational story. So, um, so that way you get to know who our guest is. I'm going to read um, Catherine's bio. Um, Catherine Johnson is a certified professional coach, mentor, and speaker. She helps professional women gain the clarity, courage, and confidence to pursue their bigger purpose and vision so they can have fulfillment and thrive. After reaching a plateau in her STEM career, Catherine was looking for more purpose-driven and meaningful work. Catherine shares her story of feeling unfulfilled in her career to empower women to find their voice and show up as their authentic self so they can bring themselves fully into careers and life. Catherine has worked in the IT field for over 20 years. She has a master's degree in IT. She leverages her extensive experience, education, and expertise to mentor women in STEM fields helping them level up so they can excel in their careers. She also mentors young girls, teaching them critical life skills and helping them become more self-aware and self-confident. She is a passionate about empowering young girls and providing them with the tools, resources, and support to set them up for greater success. So thank you, Catherine. I wanted to read your full bio to do justice to you know all that you do, and that way the listeners have um, a better understanding of who you are. 
Thank you, Usha. Great introduction. So, so let's start off, Catherine. Please tell the listeners what fueled your passion and motivated you to become a certified professional coach, mentor, writer, and speaker. I've always been fueled by this desire to really give back, to be of service, and to support others. Life coaching was something that has always fascinated me, and I was always curious about it. I used to hear the term often, like someone mentioned that they were a life coach, and I would always wonder, like, what exactly do they do? Like, that sounds pretty cool if you're helping helping someone in their life. And at the same time, I've always been a fan of personal development, self-help, inspirational books, and motivational books. So when I reached this point in my career when I was looking to really do more and to really, you know, give back and be of service and really feel like I was doing something that was helping the greater collective. Um, I, I thought about life coaching and I, and I thought it would be a great fit for, you know, where I was, what I wanted to do, and what life coaching actually offered women. Um, just a way to really empower women. Um, I didn't even really understand fully what it was until I until I enrolled in a, in a coach training program. But the more I learned about it, the more I realized that it was exactly what I wanted to, to do to empower women to trust themselves to really you know have the life and have the bigger goals and dreams that they really desire and they really want for themselves so that's a little bit about what really fueled my passion and really motivated me to pursue um, coaching and, and mentoring as well and the writing the speaker speaking is, is just an opportunity for me to just share my story um, share who I am um, to really inspire and encourage other women um, on their journeys. And you did that, to be honest with you, that's what caught my attention on your LinkedIn post. Um, because, you know, kind of going into my the second question I have for you is um, that, you know, although you are very focused on what you do, there are a lot of parallels that can be pulled from what you do and apply it, you know, to caregivers. Um, as many people know that I do work full time, I manage now about 14 people, 14 or 15. And, um, you know, we face a lot of hurdles. And one of the reasons why I reached out to you was that, you know, when I graduated from college, my goal was to be a diplomat um, on the global scene to change policy to influence policy you know, policy as well. And unfortunately, my personal situation at home, one thing led to another, my father suddenly passed away, then, um, you know, my mom was alone. So, you know, we face a lot of hurdles and difficult situations. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you, you know, last year for guidance, um, because I know it's never too late to kind of start over or to explore different options. So, you know, what tools um, do you use as a coaching partner that you think could be applied to the caregiving world, especially for female caregivers who have to balance caregiving duties and work? I would say, Usha, you know, like the first thing that you mentioned really is like one of the one of the most important things um, to really seek support, um, to not feel like you're alone and you have to do everything alone. There are so many people who are out there who are trained and qualified to help and to help you um, in your situation and to help you with what you're going through. So I always say, you know, seek support and, and find community. Like there's communities of, of people, all different kinds of people in all different places and people come together with, with similar goals or similar missions. And those communities are so powerful because by being involved in those communities, 
communities. It gives you a space to really talk about what you're going through and to hear others' experiences in a way that will really support you, to inspire you, and keep you motivated with your responsibilities. The second thing I always like to say is really, you know, you have to remember to just as much energy as you give to others. You have to remember to give that same energy to yourself and really take care of yourself. And if you think about, like, you know, the care comes before the gift. So it's important that, you know, you first care for yourself in order so that you're able to give and really care for others in an optimal way. So it's important that you, you know, have your, you know, practices that are really going to support your well-being um, so that you can, you can have balance with everything that you're doing because it's a lot of responsibility taking care of another person. And you want to have balance. Um, you want to be grounded and you want to be able to, you want to stay in the right mindset, the right mind frame that's going to support you, you know, as you're, as you're taking care of someone, um, you want to be really in a positive space and you don't want to feel overwhelmed and stressed out all the time. So it's important that you, you know, have your go-to practices that you, that you do for yourself as well, just like you have the practices that you do for your, your, your clients and your mom and your patients and things like that. You have to make sure that you're, spending just as much time, you know, putting that, pouring back into yourself and taking care of your own health as well. I think that's so important for caregivers because, you know, naturally, you know, they they feel so committed and passionate about the work that they have to do. And sometimes they can forget that, you know, it's also important for them to, to take care of themselves. So self-care becomes an even bigger thing to make sure that you stay in the right place, that you are optimal. And your well-being is in a great place that allows you to even be there for the people that you're supporting. Yeah, you know, that's very true. I know we, we, we were talking, um, we, we we're both in the um, Thought Leader Academy. And, you know, I, you know, it just kept going and going. And then I think, you know, come January, I just hit a brick wall mentally and physically could not do anything. And, you know, I just started to use the weekends rather than doing homework. I had to refocus, um, you know, just sleep and turn off my phone, disconnect from social media and just take a mental and physical break. And, you know, it does help a lot. I know a lot of times it's easier said than done, but sometimes you just have to, you know, pull the plug for a little bit, recharge your batteries and just start start again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what, you know, one thing, you know, with caregivers is that, um, you know, I wanted to share um, an important stat, um, according to the Family Caregiver Alliance, there are 53 to 68 percent of family or informal caregivers who are um, who are women. And, you know, it, it is a juggling act. And I think, um, you know, I kind of post this on my LinkedIn is that now discussions are happening, you know, when, you know, especially women who have to balance working full time, taking care of themselves and, um, you know, taking care for a loved one. So hopefully with time in the next few years, we can, um, you know, push for legislation and more awareness, um, you know, regarding this, um, you know, self-care, because that that if you don't care for yourself now, it's going to be a further burden on the health system um, as well. So, um, you know, Catherine, you've got a really great website. Um, I go I look at it from time to time. It's, you know, very appealing. And you've got a lot of posts, even your newsletter I just received yesterday. So make sure when you check out Catherine's website that you sign up for her emails as well. And her website is Catherine and as a Nancy johnson.com and um she you know writes a lot of great blog posts that gets you thinking and one of the blog posts was titled need 
need a confidence boost um, that you mentioned that it to make it a daily practice to constantly shift your focus back to self. Tell us more about this. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how this um, actually came about. Like I was talking to one of my, my peer coaches and we were just talking about confidence and like ways to increase our confidence and to improve our confidence. And, you know, we were talking about like this whole thing of comparison and, and she said something to, that was really profound, but it, it really kind of clarified things for me. She said, you know, you really can't stop your eyes from seeing. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, you're right. And she went into this philosophy about like, you know, the eyes, um, by the nature of what they are, <laughs> you know, by the fact that we have to survive, like we, we have to see and, and our eyes help us to, to see so we can survive and sense danger and, and compare and contrast. And so she had this philosophy of like, you know, you when you see someone else doing something or you see what the work that someone else is doing, it's, it's almost instinctive to compare, you know, because it's part of what the eye function is to check out the scene, to see what's all around you, to see what's going on. And she said, and she was saying that, you know, instead of, you know, trying to force yourself not to compare yourself to others, you just have to remember to always, you know, shift your eyes um, back to self, you know, shift your focus back to self. So it kind of got me thinking about, thinking a little more deeply about it on, on what I thought confidence meant. And for me, it's like a constant action of, you know, shifting your eyes back to yourself and just remembering and focusing on, you know, all of the things that make you great, like your strengths and your abilities, and, and also recognizing that it's okay to, to be inspired by other people, to admire the work that they do or how they're showing up in the world. But it's even more important that you don't really compare yourself to them in a way that causes you to feel less than because at the end of the day, you'll never really feel good about yourself or what you're doing. So instead, it's just that constant, like, you know, you're looking outside of yourself, but then you're constantly bringing yourself back to your eyes and your focus back to yourself and your work and what you're doing, all the great things that you're putting out into the world, constantly reminding yourself of all of your successes and the things that you've done to date and really focusing and dwelling on those things. And that really is the confidence boost. That's what keeps your confidence um, in, a, in a great place and it increases your confidence the more you reflect on like your life and where you are today and where you've been and all the things that you've been through. Like when you really sit back and reflect and anybody could do this, like when you sit back and reflect on like then and now, I'm sure that anyone could find ways that they've improved or think that's gotten better or ways that they've grown. And when you recognize that, it kind of gives you the courage and the strength to see you know, what you're truly capable of. And so, so for me, that's what I, that's what the whole article was really about. Like really just this idea of, you know, you know, confidence is something that you really, you embody and you embrace it. The more you continue to focus on yourself and, and what you do great. And you can cultivate, you know, different areas of yourself. Like if there's an area where you feel like you need to improve, like if you want to be a better public speaker, you can improve those things. You know, you don't have to say, well, I'm just not good at that thing and, and it's a bad thing and you see someone else that's better at it. No, you can actually improve that quality about yourself if you feel like that's something that you want to improve. So cultivate areas where you want to improve, but constantly remind yourself of all the areas that you, you do well and you excel at. Yeah, good. No, that's great advice. And like I said, I would encourage you to go on KatherineNJohnson.com and, you know, read the blog posts and, you know, get get a lot, you know, get a lot of motivation from those from those words and, and, and your work. 
you know, I want to also, you know, talk about amplifying your voice. You know, caregivers get into a rut and I, you know, I know I do um, because I'm always scared of the unknown um, and, you know, what the, you know, what's, what's going to happen, what's next. And, you know, the one way that I cope with that is uh, my advocacy work. It gives me, makes me happy every day that I'm helping others. You know, maybe one thing that I do for my mom may be able to help someone. It may not be able to help. Um, and, you know, we gain a lot of, um, experience, you know, on a, as a caregiver on a daily basis. And um, I feel, you know, generally it's important that, you know, we amplify those voices so we can better educate um, our community, what what we're going through, what Alzheimer's, what dementia is, um, as well as other, you know, brain health um, challenges. So Catherine, what do you do to amplify your voice and what words of encouragement do you have for women so they too can amplify their voices? For me, amplifying my voice is really about sharing my story, really sharing my experiences, sharing what my life has taught me in a way that's really going to serve others. Um, and it's a it's a big reason why I do the blog post because you know even things that you may consider you know simple or not that important, you never really know how much it's going to help or impact someone else. So I write articles to really amplify my voice, but also to just help other people and to empower other people through my words that maybe they'll be inspired and maybe they will find the encouragement that they need or the motivation, the motivation that they, that they're lacking. And also I create support groups for women to come, um, safe environments where women can come together where we can talk and they can share what's going on with them. And I provide, you know, guidance and direction and really, you know, help them to see different perspectives and really help them to navigate the things that they're going going through in their lives. And a lot of times it's really me sharing myself in a, in a vulnerable way and sharing what I've been through and what I've learned that has the greatest potential to really um, serve them and help them, you know, get the transformation or the breakthrough that they're really looking for, looking for in their life. So my words of encouragement is always to, you know, seek community, you know, find like-minded women, women who are on the same path as yourself, women who are, you know, positive and, and forward thinking and, and trying to make a difference and, and surround yourself with women like that. And there are lots of like virtual communities now with the current state that we're in. And I'm, I'm telling you, you can find a community for just about anything nowadays online where they have you know, support, whether it's talk circles, whether it's content for you, whether it's training. Um, it's so many communities out there that are just there to really support, encourage, and to inspire people. And similar to yourself, Lucia, I think that's really, really part of it as well. Like, you have to find the thing that, you know, gives your life purpose and gives your life meaning um, and use that to really serve others and empower others because that's so fulfilling to you as well they're so gratifying and it helps you in those moments in those moments where you know you're feeling like you're in a rut or feeling stuck you know to to think about the work that you're doing in the world so you know also I would say you know make sure you find what that thing is for you you know it can be anything that really you know gives you that sense of fulfillment that sense of purpose and really gives your life greater meaning 
Yeah, and speaking of meaning, I have a call to action um, for caregivers. I received an email on Friday evening from the Alzheimer's Impact Movement, which is an arm of the association, um, you know, for federal and state issues. So there is an opportunity for us caregivers to amplify our voice. Um, so um, I want to make sure that other caregivers are aware that the 117th Congress has reintroduced the Bipartisan Alzheimer Caregiver Support Act. And this act will provide much needed relief to dementia caregivers through expanded training and support services. So my call of the action is for um, you to reach out to your um, elected official and encourage them to co-sponsor this bill um, that support caregivers like us, that our voices will go a long way by you sending an email or picking up the phone or even reaching out to them on social media or tagging them about this opportunity. It's a great way to, you know, amplify our voices. Um, okay. The ne next area I would love to talk about um, briefly is um, STEM. And, you know, you know, you've got a background in that you love mentoring and supporting women in STEM. And it is important to celebrate women like you who are taking, um, who are constantly changing the world and, you know, in science and sciences. And as caregivers, we need hope that there will be a cure for Alzheimer's. So tell us a little about your mentoring young women um, in STEM and um, if there are any women out there, um, how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, it's important, like we need doctors and we need engineers, you know, that's the basis of everything that we're facing right now, it, even with, you know, regard to like, you know, vaccines, you know, that, that doctors need to create, but cures that need to be found for diseases that need to be, you know, cured as well. So we need doctors and engineers, we need, and we especially need women in these fields. We need women to, to be interested in these fields, um, to stay in these fields, and to, to bring their education, their expertise, and the value that they can add as women into, into STEM fields. So I'm very you know, passionate about mentoring women who are in STEM fields to, to help them navigate the many different dynamics um, that are often involved when you work in STEM as a woman, you know, because it's a field that's you know, mostly dominated by men. There's lots of challenges that women may face in STEM fields. You know, I face some challenges myself. And so we want women to not feel alone, you know, even if they're in an uh, environment where they are the only woman, we want them to have support. We want them to stay in the field. <laughs> you know, we want them to enjoy the work that, they, that they're doing. And we really want to help them excel and, and have excitement and, and, and thrive in what they're doing. But so often, um, that's not the case. You know, there are a lot of women that get into STEM fields and because of the, the culture or the dynamics that they're facing, the challenges, they leave, you know, STEM fields. And that's, a, you know, that's unfortunate because we need women to contribute um, as well. So the mentoring is really just about me sharing my experience, my expertise and what I've learned to really support women in, in, in STEM fields and also to really encourage, you know, young girls to and get them interested in, in all that, that STEM fields has to offer and get them interested early so that, you know, they would be interested in going to school to be an engineer, you know, even though it may be challenging, it may be difficult, but they would be interested in doing that because they recognize that they have something that they want to cure or they have a, a mission that they're super, you know, passionate about and how it would be so great if they would, you know, become a doctor or something like that and, and contribute what they want to contribute to the world. So that's what the mentoring is, is really all about. And women can reach out to me. I'm 
mostly on LinkedIn at Catherine N. Johnson, but you can also connect with me on Instagram at Catherine N. Johnson and also via my website at Catherine N. Johnson. You can, you can use the contact form there to, to send me a message. And, and those are the three quickest ways to, to get in touch with me. No, thank you, Catherine, you know, for mentoring and influence, influencing future generation women who will make a difference. I know I was interested in science, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was fascinated with anatomy. My father was a physician, and unfortunately, I took more the political route. Um, so, you know, science is just as important. And I wanted to take a quick second and just recognize, since, you know, we we're talking about um, women in STEM, um, according to the Alzheimer's Association website, there are uh, quite a few women who are making a difference behind the scenes um, in trying to find a cure. One of them is Dr. Raisa Spurline. She's one of the world's leading Alzheimer's researchers and neurologist, um, as well as professor. Another one is Dr. Marilyn Albert. Uh, she's received a Lifetime Achievement Award in Alzheimer's Disease and Research, and she honors her lifelong commitment to Alzheimer's and dementia research that identifies cognitive changes, especially at early stages, Alzheimer's, um, which is affecting a lot of people um, at a younger age, um, earlier than 55 years old. So just wanted to take a second to recognize these women who are uh, making strides in this field. And, you know, I'm sure there are going to be individuals like Kathy who will motivate and encourage other um, women to um, pursue this this area as well. It's an important area that is um, often neglected. So since it is Women's History Month, I wanted to ask you, Catherine, is there a particular female figure in your life um, who you look up to? My biggest role model is really my mom. You know, she's been like my biggest supporter. Um, she's someone that, you know, is always there for me, and I just admire, like, my mom had me when she was 17 years old, and and she had three more kids, you know, my, my sister and my two brothers, so um, I admire her strength, you know, her, her tenacity and, and just the discipline of raising four children um, by herself, and, and, and all of us turned out to be pretty okay. Um, of course, I have lots of public figures that I admire um, in STEM, I would say, of course, the Katherine Johnson, and and no, I'm not named after her or anything. I wish I was, uh -huh. but <laughs> my aunt named me after Katherine from the soap operas, and so she did, <laughs> she had no clue about another Katherine Katherine Johnson. But I admire Katherine Johnson, the scientist, um, again for her courage, for her tenacity, and for really you know fighting through and persevering through a time when I can only imagine how difficult it was um, as a, as a black woman in a STEM field. And I can only imagine, like, the challenges that she faced. Um, but she still stayed with it. She stuck to her passion, and she was able to become acclaimed for her work and for her contribution to mathematics and science and the things that she created um, as a scientist working um, for NASA and, and all the big things that she did in her life. So that's someone that I admire um, and look up to um, just for her work and for the person that she was and, and what she was able to contribute um, despite the odds that were not in her favor. Exactly. I would have to say, you know, for me, it would be my mom, um, simply because um, my mom made, a, you know, she 
she completed her education. She had a master's degree, but she gave all that up to raise my brother and I. You know, she wasn't selfish. She's she was a very giving person. You know, would go out of her way, not asking anything in return. And it really hurts me as her daughter because I've been with her. You know, by her side all my life now. Um, I made I did not continue my um, dream profession so I could be with her. But you know, it really hurts me that you know, everything that she gave to people, she did for people, people have forgotten about her, don't reach out to her, they're scared to reach out to her, because, you know, they they think with the neurological, um, cognitive challenges, they just don't know how to react if she were to do something. So, you know, she right now is my role model. Um, You know, she just, you know, keeps going and doesn't let it get to her. Um, and, you know, I think for me, um, public figure would be the former prime minister of India, Indira Gandhi. She was one of the first um, prime ministers um, in a male dominated society. And she kind of she led with the iron fist, whether you agree with her or not. She you know pursued her policies. So I grew up a lot. You know, I come from a political family in India. And, you know, her name was brought up. And I think that's where I got the motivation to go the political route rather than the scientific route. Um, so, the, you know, the, that's, you know, one person I who is my role model um, in my life, those two. So, again, um, Catherine, how um, can listeners reach out to you? you, you um, if you can just give your information again, that would be great. Sure. I am on LinkedIn. You can find me at Catherine N. Johnson. Also on Instagram at Catherine and Johnson, and via my website at www.catherineandjohnson.com. Perfect. And I will post those on my sites as well. I would encourage you to reach out to Catherine. She gives a great perspective and she's of great support um, and very understanding. So you need that type of female figure in your life um, to mentor you. So tomorrow is International Women's Day, and I wanted to end with a challenge, um, hashtag choose to challenge. Um, The goal is it's a global initiative to choose to challenge by putting the world on alert and um, by celebrating, you know, women's achievements and um, what, you know, differences we can make in our community. So I would encourage you to take on this challenge and celebrate other women's achievements as well. So I wanted to end by thanking Catherine for joining um, this podcast today.